0: Well, hello,. Radio. Well, thank you so much again for being a part of the right voice radio show and And as we all know, on Wednesday, we observed a very, very important observance in our nation, and that is, is Veterans' Day. Which is that time when we pay tribute to all who have who have served and who have you know who have worn the uniform, uh, many of whom have fought battles that we cannot even imagine, and their service and sacrifice are too valuable really to acknowledge just once a year. So uh, many of us are mindful often of our military and those um serving, or in the case of uh, our veterans, those who have served and uh, and make it a habit even when we see military, see people in uniform to actually thank them for their service. So not wanting to just leave that topic of veterans to to just the past Wednesday, I decided that I wanted to invite a special guest on to speak to us. His name is David Cordell, and, and he is a husband, a father, he's a pastor, and he is a Vietnam veteran. And in just a few minutes that we have with him, He's going to talk to us about his experience in the military and, and share a couple stories with us. And you'll realize as you listen to uh, Pastor David Cordell that he really should not be alive to tell these stories. Um, God obviously had a plan. So um, I want to invite him in. He's, he's already called in. I'm going to invite him into this conversation that we're having and let you hear from him yourself. Uh, Pastor David Cordell, are you with us?
1: Oh, yes, I am, Adrian.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Right Voice Radio. We appreciate having you on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you.
0: Yeah, so we're going to jump right in. And we'll start with, with how you came to be in the Army to begin with. I, I did specify to our audience that, that you are a Vietnam veteran, but uh, how did you get into the military to begin with? What drew you in?
1: Uh, just after high school and I was young and very immature of course. And I wanted to see some of the world and have some excitement and so I volunteered draft and I got both. hmm So you
0: were you said you were drafted then?
1: No, I volunteered draft at eighteen.
0: Oh. Okay. So you volunteered because you were looking at this as a time of, of some excitement.
1: Correct. I wanted to see the world and have a little excitement and I got to see both and have both.
0: I, I guess you did. I guess you did. Now, did the did the concept of going to war, I mean, did you really, like, flesh that out? Did you think about what that might entail?
1: Uh, actually, at that age, uh, I was actually wanted to be involved. And mm-hmm. once I went into training through basic and infantry training, uh, I wanted to go to Vietnam and fight. If they had not given me orders to go, I would have... Um, volunteered but as it was they cut orders and so i went with their orders
0: mm-hmm. now tell us a little bit about what i mean i know you said you wanted to go but as the day approaches did you have any regrets what emotions were you experiencing
1: you No, know, the hardest thing is to leave my wife we we're married at 18 between basically every training mm-hmm. we've been married 49 years now wow. and um it was hard to leave her, of course, and I can still remember being on the tarmac at the airport, looking out and seeing them waving at me, etc., and having to leave for war. So it mm-hmm. was a, you know, a hard feeling.
0: Right. Okay. So, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about the war. I I know that you have experienced things that you really should not have lived through because I've, I've heard some of those stories and I understand my dad uh, was in Vietnam. And I understand that, that many veterans do not share everything. Um, But tell us something in the war in particular that you endured, that was a miracle to survive.
1: Uh, There's several things. Uh, One time I tripped a booby trap hand grenade two feet from my right leg. It did not explode. And then later, a uh, mortar round landed right in front of me and bounced around, and it did not explode. And then once mm-hmm. in a major battle, <clears throat> the very photo I have on my website, uh, four days after that was taken, that helmet I'm wearing, was tore off my head in a major battle. And mm-hmm. I did not have a scratch on me, though I was semi-conscious. Uh, another time, I walked into a enemy base camp, um it looked like it was abandoned, so I told two men to go one way. I went by myself another direction, and I ended up walking up on a kitchen bunker where they cook in, Had mm-hmm. seven chickens walking in front. And I walked up 15 feet away, and suddenly five of the seven men in the bunker stood up on me. The one at the door actually smiled at me. I think it was a horrified look on my face. And I drove behind and turned my heel. They're very like concrete in the jungle and begin to fight. And, um, I ended up surviving it, obviously. Mm. Wow.
0: So you had, you had experience after experience of things that you, that you shouldn't, that you should not have lived through that at any time you could have been, you could have been taken out. And that, that leads to, I know your, your testimony. Why are you still here?
1: Right. Obviously God protected me. And, um, At the time, I thought I was just lucky. But years later, uh, when I came to God, I realized Mm -hmm. he had protected me. And I have returned now to Vietnam 20 times since the war. And Mm -hmm. um, God, uh, in those trips, was doing some healing. Um, My fourth trip, uh, I felt that I wanted to go back to a village very close to where that bunker was that I walked up on. The village is called Binsook. And um, to assist village chief, I met a man. that was a Viet Cong that was about 50 meters from where I was fighting that day, and he led us back to the graves of those five men. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I stood there, I began to grieve as if it was my own sons, and I I put them there. And uh, each of the men turned out to be 19 years old, the same age I was when I encountered them in the jungle. It's wow. suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came over me, and he spoke very plain, said, so, David, you forgave your enemies years ago, but you never loved them like I love mine. And I felt the love that Jesus had for those that nailed him to the cross that day. Mm-hmm. And that's the day he led us the old bunker. It's caved in. I paced off to 15 feet, crawling in the bushes, got a sprout off the original termite hill that now sits in my office today in New York. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So when you go back, what do you what do you do there?
1: Uh, I minister with the underground churches. I've mm-hmm. actually been called four times by communist police, but God got us out every time. And uh, I work in Cambodia, Vietnam, Philippines, India, and other countries. But that's the main countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I preach the gospel to the underground churches, train them in the supernatural. Um, you uh, know, I travel other countries and also in U.S. churches doing the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. How many years between when you left there in uniform and when you w- returned to minister the gospel?
1: Uh, that was, let's see, um, it must have been at least close to 30 years from mm-hmm. um, the time when I came to God, he showed me the vision that we would go back into Vietnam and preach the gospel. From the time I saw that vision, that I set foot on the hard-killing ground again. Uh, it was 17 years at that time. Mm-hmm. And I did not come to God as an adult. I was 30 years old. I was bound by alcohol, a heavy smoker. I used to rather fight than eat. Now, I'd rather eat than fight. I'm too old to fight, too fat to run. I'm in trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what, sir? You you still are fighting, though. You are you are fighting uh, on a different battlefield, the spiritual um, battlefield that you're fight, you know that you're fighting on. So, uh, and you're still continuing to go back into to Vietnam. You're not done, are you?
1: Oh no, I'm not done. I'll be every time there's enough funds available. I'm back over there. And um, also, we have seen uh, my wife and I figured out wildlife very conservatively. All together, between U.S. churches and overseas, we've seen over ten thousand miracles. Wow! And many um, thousands come to God, and we're not the healer. Jesus is the healer. I tell people, I cannot heal a fly of a headache, but He's the healer. And so uh, we return there and bring the supernatural power of God to the churches. We also travel to churches in the U.S. Uh, and do the same thing. That to see that you know, he is still alive today, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. Mm. So everything okay. he ever was, he still is.
0: That's right. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with, um, because they, they haven't seen what you've seen. What are some kind of what are some of the miracles? I know you see them here in the United States, but when you go overseas as well, what are some kind of miracles that God has used you to um to perform in his name?
1: Yep. Both in U.S. and overseas, we have the same percent of miracles in the U.S. churches as we do overseas. Mm. I refuse to say it only happens overseas. Like many people confess that, so that's all they get. Mm. But uh, yes, I think we've seen many, many blinded eyes, totally blind people open. Um, The last trip into Cambodia, a man had not walked in 20 years, and he was totally healed. Another lady bowed over like a horseshoe just like in gospels with Jesus. And I prayed mm-hmm. she fell on the floor and stood up straight. And so we, we see many cancers healed, uh goiters healed, many women with barren wounds. Uh mm-hmm. that has been told to never have a child. My wife and I have children all over the world now. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh we pray and, and uh, they're able to conceive. And so we see arthritis healed, but everything you can imagine healed. Mm -hmm. In Poland, uh, a few years ago, a man had six inches of his left leg between his ankle and his knee cut out surgically after an auto accident. In thirty minutes time, it grew out in my hand.
0: Wow! And we've
1: seen many things like this: people born with like legs five inches shorter than the other, and see it just like within two or three seconds grow out in our hand. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow! That's amazing. And and it's certainly something that that we need to hear more and more today, especially because there seems to be such such despair in the world. And so your ministry, I just wanted to have you on and let you share um and thank you obviously for your service to the country, but um as we listen to your story and what you're still doing to thank you for your service to God and um and we rejoice that God is, is using you. Now you said you mentioned a website. If anyone wants to check out some pictures and more testimonies, or even to donate to what you're you're doing, um, what 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 what's the website address?
1: It's www.riveroflifeworldmission.com. Riveroflifeworldmission.com.
0: Okay. So that's and www. They can also, they
1: could also put in Cordo International dot com. Also, it will go there.
0: Okay. So that is www.riveroflifeworldmission.com. of Mission dot com, and that's also did you say Cordo International dot com?
1: Uh, correct. They both go to the same place.
0: Okay. And let me just spell that. Cordo is C O R D E A U. So that's C O R D A U, Cordo International dot com. Well, Pastor Cordell, thank you so much for spending some time with the Right Voice Radio, sharing your your stories. It's a miracle that you're here, and uh, we're grateful for all that you have done and all that you um, continue to do. So, uh, God bless you, and thank you again.
1: Okay, thank you very much. God bless everyone.
0: All right. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.